When you know that you are queer, but your favorite drink is beer, that's gayish. You can bottom without stopping, but you can't stand going shopping, that's gayish. Oh, gayish, you're probably gayish. Well, life's just too short for narrow stereotypes, so it's gayish. We're also gayish. It's gayish with Mike and Kyle. Hello, everyone in the podcast universe. This is Gayish. The podcast that's taking every dick everywhere all at once. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Remember when Jamie Lee Curtis had dick fingers? It was hilarious. <laughs> I still haven't seen it. Oh, fuck. So, yeah. no, I don't remember it at all. Oh, she has dick fingers. <laughs> okay. They're not really dick fingers, but they are wieners. Oh. I. Why am I now more attracted to Jamie Lee Curtis? Yeah. You tell me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's always been delicious. I'm Mike Johnson. I'm Kyle Getz. We're here to bridge the gap between sexuality and actuality. And today. Today. Hold on. Who? We are live from Badger Lake n- near Genie. Live Washington. live to tape. <laughs> live to tape. Yeah. And yeah. We are on our uh, twice a year. We go hang out with our D&D group and, yeah. you know party down yep. and that's where we are now yeah my family has a lake house up here and um we came here this time for this and just i guess i just say i always have anxiety about like if people can tell that we're not in our element oh like, that things are weird yeah i'm sitting on the edge of a bed you're on a <laughs> ottoman. Otto- ottoman this is not our typical setup derek is lost to the ether um yeah, poor guy yeah so yeah i wonder if you can hear it in our voices yeah yeah we miss you derek we've got vacation voice <laughs> um we're gonna talk about gay leagues we're gonna talk about gay leagues as in like sports leagues rec leagues that kind of thing yep um this was requested by gap bridger yo stosel so thank you for uh encouraging us to talk about sports yo stosel <laughs> <laughs> um uh so think yeah thanks for encouraging us to talk about a sports thing that i don't know that we would have um had we not so there are some interesting things to to go on but but first, but first, uh, feedback and corrections. Yeah, uh, one is a just sort of a correction. I don't know. Apparently, so A.E. Coleman, uh, who um, is a longtime listener and and just a, a sweetheart. Dare I say, longtime friend? The longtime friend. Yeah, uh, uh, he left us a voicemail about how to actually pronounce the Gaelic version of whiskey. Yeah. Hey guys, this is A.E. from the Facebook group. Uh, your famous friendly neighborhood professor and nerd here to help with your most recent episode on whiskey. So I'm not a big whiskey drinker, but I did study the Irish language back in the day, of course. I've gotten pretty rusty since, obviously. There's not a whole lot of people to practice with in Oklahoma, but I do remember how to say whiskey. So it's pronounced Ishka Baha. Ishka Baha. And yes, Mike is right about it being the water of life. That was great. You could play as much of or as little of that as you want to, Kyle. <laughs> that, the, your, the magic of your editing. acting was so good. That was great. I enjoyed hearing that because I just heard it. Yep. Yep. Good. 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 Good work. Uh, and a little bit of feedback slash kind of an announcement. Uh, hey, Mike and Kyle. My name is Taylor Bradley. I'm a huge fan and avid listener of your podcast. I think it's amazing what you two are doing to normalize the discussion of gay culture in today's world. And I look forward to every new episode. Oh, thanks. Mike, I'm a fellow SIGEP and refounding father of the Arizona Beta chapter at the University of Arizona. I'm extra proud whenever I hear you mention our fraternity. And it is always a wonderful reminder that we are part of such a progressive institution of Greek life. My fiance Mitchell and I are finally getting married in May after being engaged for four years and together for seven years. Finally, am I right, Mitchell? Yeah. Man, we we've both, been waiting for so long. <laughs> we both love your podcast and make it a goal to listen in whenever we are driving together. We would be honored to have your gayish blessing as we finally celebrate our marriage in Las Vegas this coming May. 
Regardless, thank you for doing what you do, and please know that it makes a difference. Okay, here's the thing, Taylor. I think I'm going to have to meet Mitchell, and then and then decide whether I bless this union or not. Yeah, I, we need, need we need more info. Yeah. We don't to, we don't toss around our words lightly. Yeah, we don't salad toss just anyone. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, congratulations, you two. That's fucking fantastic. Uh, Are they hashtag blessed? Hashtag hashtag blessed. So proud of you. Yeah, we'll send you. God, I sounded sarcastic. I didn't mean to. That's very (laughs) exciting. Thank you for writing and listening. And um, I hope your marriage is wonderful and amazing and beautiful. Great. Did I sound less sarcastic there? We're still a tiny bit. Okay. Here, I'll get us out of this. Here's the news. (laughs) No. No, you're not. No, no. I'm staying in this moment. Son of a bitch. Um, Tree Fort is tomorrow. If you're listening to this when it comes out on Thursday. I know you're all in Idaho just anxiously awaiting us. Or you just have an itching for a road trip. So, yeah, um, if you are in the area, come see us uh, in Boise at the Tree Fort Music Festival. If you're actually itching, go see that. Go get it checked out. Go see your doctor. (laughs) But if it's if it's just a if it's an existential itching to see us, you can. <laughs> it's the best Nine Inch Nails album, existential itching. <laughs> nine inches. Mm. Okay. <laughs> there are no Nine Inch Nails. There are no Nine Inch Nails, Kyle. <laughs> there are though. I've seen them. Dicks, I mean. Uh, okay, here's the news. Shut your mouth hole. It's time for your ear holes. News, news, news. I'd say it might be. <laughs> apparent as we keep going that we are not in our normal element yeah maybe so <laughs> sometimes it's good to mix it up kyle yeah. just like you know get out of your like comfort cookie zone dough. mix it up yeah stretch yourself Ooh, mm. that's gross no i love it news the first conservative author bethany mandel was on a show called an online news show called the hill rising on tuesday on tuesday uh promoting her new book stolen youth host Brianna Joy Gray in the course of the conversation asked her to define woke. She could not do it. Yeah. it, like, it <laughs> uh, she, she said, quote, so I mean, woke is sort of the idea that um, this is going to be one of those moments that goes viral. She knew she'd fucked up. <laughs> she just absolutely could not say a single word about what it fucking means. She tried again and came up with Quote, woke is something that's very hard to define, and we've spent an entire chapter defining it. It is sort of the understanding that we need to totally reimagine and redo society in order to create hierarchies of oppression. Sorry, it's hard to explain in a 15-second soundbite, she finally said. <laughs> she she, she then <laughs> went silent, hoping for a lifeline from one of the on-screen journalists, and the host said, please take your time. <laughs> fuck yeah it's so great i i can help define it i mean my definition is hey the privilege i hold you calling me out on the privilege i hold makes me uncomfortable that's woke i think it's gone even beyond that kyle i think it's just anything i don't like yeah that's true like it's a catch-all dog whistle for just they think you know it when you see it and the reason they think you know it when you see it is because they they, they have, see it everywhere they see it everywhere <laughs> and it's just another way to other um, yeah yeah anyway um woke is especially in florida but throughout the entire country being used to whip up a frothy manure 
<laughs> a santorum of, <laughs> of, of hatred uh, among the right, but, but particularly towards LGBTQ people, trans people, and, and drag queens for some reason who I did not have that on bingo, yeah. f- my bingo card for who would be attacked next, but here, here we are. Yeah. Here we are. And uh, it, yeah, it just, it, it, it's toxic now, right? And the, uh, the advocate says that, uh, quote, Republicans have made the term toxic, using it as a pejorative toward liberals and those whose worldview embraces people from many backgrounds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that's a bad thing. Uh, USA Today did a poll and they found that 56% of Americans believe that being woke is a positive thing. Hmm. Even when using that politically charged word of woke, it's even higher if you ask things like, should we care about people who look different than us? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is uh is racism bad? Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> Should we teach people about the history of our country? Yes or no? Like, yeah. Uh. Anyway, just I fucking hate them, Kyle. Me too. I fucking hate them, and particularly the politicians. Like, there, there's just a small group of people that are really pushing this. That it's not even necessarily popular among Republicans. Like, all it's not like this is what the majority wants. There's a small group that are like really targeting. Those are the people I hate the most. Yep. 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 Ron DeSantis suck can, my dick. Yeah, he can DeSantis my ass. He doesn't deserve Wait. my dick. Yeah, I just said something that I think might be positive. Yeah, we'll workshop that for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, news the second. Yeah. So former Vice President Mike Pence made a misogynistic and homophobic joke toward Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg at a political dinner and uh, uh, perhaps predictably, instead of apologizing, has doubled down on his comments. Uh The annual dinner, which is hosted by the Gridiron Club, brings together Washington journalists and politicians. And traditionally, political speakers do like there is a like a roasty sort of nature to it of like like good natured jabs and and jokes. Uh, This was on the 11th of March. And um, Pence said, and you have to remember that Pete Buttigieg, the transportation secretary, he took two months of paternity leave when his twins uh, he and his husband, Chaston, uh, adopted twins. And the right lost their goddamn minds. Mm-hmm. Like, w- why is he off the job? Uh, and it, because they were premature and had health issues and were in the were hospital. They in the and, or yeah. Hospital or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Mike Pence's joke, big old quotes around <laughs> the word joke there. Quote, I mean... Pete Buttigieg is the only person in human history to have a child and all the rest of us got postpartum depression. Okay, hot take. I kind of think that's funny. <laughs> I don't think I get it. He's the only one in history to have a baby? No, he's the only one in history. It's postpartum depression. You have a baby and you get sad. Yeah. He said, but the difference here is he had a baby and I got sad. Oh, okay, okay. He's the only person in human history to have a child and all the rest of us got postpartum depression. Gotcha. Now, I understand there's a certain amount of like, who tells the joke? Mm-hmm. And are they punching down or are they punching up? And um, or at least sideways. Yeah. And uh, there's there's some problems there. You know, when the when the cracker white former vice president with severe hatred towards LGBT people on record in the state of Indiana that he used to be governor of. Yeah, it's yeah. The context of this, especially in a time when LGBT people are being so uh, like attacked so heavily and like stripped of rights and stuff like yeah. as, you know especially trans people that that it's just like it's not it's not when you want to joke about that well the white house requested an apology hmm. to which pence said well this quote well the gridiron dinner is a roast and i had a lot of jokes directed to me i directed a lot of jokes to republicans and democrats the only thing i can figure 
Pete Buttigieg not only can't do his job, but he can't take a joke. Wow. Chastin Buttigieg, who's just fucking awesome, tweeted, quote, if your grandchild was born prematurely and placed on a ventilator at two months old, their tiny fingers wrapped around yours as the monitors beep in the background, where would you be? Hmm. There is definitely a... Uh, I mean, conservatives are like not down with gay people having children at all. Um, but then there's certainly a double standard when it comes to caring for those children. Mm -hmm. And it's, I don't know. It, they still expect these like long, oh, like gone gender roles to stay in place where the, the man goes back to work and earns money and the woman stays yeah. home. Like they, they still have that expectation in mind. Yeah. So for a man to take paternity leave on it on its own. They're probably like, well, that's not a man's role. Like they, they just have this like real shitty view of the gender roles. And then you throw in the gay thing and that's a whole nother layer that they just can't get over. Yeah. The, 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 the gender gap in income mm -hmm. uh, has been explained to me by conservative people before to be a function of the fact that, well, she's, she's the one having babies. Mm. Of course she's behind in her career. Mm. It's fucking disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck you, Mike Pence, and yeah. the fly that you wrote in on. <laughs> the fly that wrote in on you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, news the last. Yeah. President Joe Biden welcomed Ireland's gay prime minister, known as the Taoiseach. <laughs> I, th I, th I hope that's his title. <laughs> Ireland's gay prime I'm minister. Ireland's gay prime minister. <laughs> um, known as the Taoiseach to the White House on St. Patrick's gonna get an Day AE? on Friday. Are we going to get an AE well, I already voicemail? Got one. I already got one. Somebody DM'd me about like you oh. said you said Taoiseach wrong. Oh. So I'm I'm leaning in. Okay. I think I did say it differently though. I think I said suh instead of shuh. Anyway. Do I like know. I do with Patreon and say it five different ways and one of them will catch. Um, known as the Towie Seach, because that's how it's spelled. Uh, Are you happy, fuckers? <laughs> uh, so uh, the we were supposed to get together with Ireland uh, during the pandemic, and it was postponed. And uh, it, anyway, so it was a it was just a, a feel good session about like, yeah, a lot of Irish people live here, and <laughs> Ireland being like, yeah, U.S. We're all white, we get it, uh, like, but. <laughs> Uh, it was also the 25th anniversary of the Good Friday Agreement, which that's the whole conflict about whether Northern Ireland would leave the UK and mm. rejoin Ireland in unification. And, and the Protestants, the Catholics, and a bunch of shit blow, blew up. It was real sad. Anyway, 25 years of peace in, uh, in in Northern Ireland. Anyway, but this is where this is where it gets maybe racist. I'm not sure. <laughs> if it's maybe racist, it's racist for sure. So uh, this one says that the, the AP says that it's been a tradition since 1952. It's not just Joe Biden being vaguely racist, but he gave Tisha Leo Varadkar a bowl of shamrocks. Apparently, that's like a traditional. Here's a bowl of shamrocks, like a salad. I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, and ranch dressing. And and what the fuck is he supposed to do with that? Uh, uh, thank you for these shamrocks. Thank you. This will be rotting in my office until we. It's like when I buy vegetables, and it's like at some point you have to be like, no, this is going in the trash. Like, I I I don't need this anymore. I'm gonna go feed my leprechauns. Yeah. And <laughs> they sprinkle it about the country, and U.S. and freedom fighters grow from the ground. He also gave him some water that had been dyed green hmm. from the South Lawn Fountain. Hmm. I, I, I just I I don't I don't I don't I don't get it. Anyway, they had breakfast and uh, hung out, and it's St. Patrick's Day, y'all, y'all, or it was St. Patrick's Day, and um. Apparently, we just hit the Irish visitor with like all of the Irish stereotypes right, that yeah. we could muster yeah. in one visit. Perfect. Uh, that's it. That's the news. That's the news. Well, speaking of 
mustard. I want to give these people the mustard that the, I don't know. Um, thank you to our following Patreon members, uh, John Clemens. That's pretty uh, good. Uh, yeah. Is that Mark Twain's great great grandson? I don't know what that means. Oh. Um, Mark Twain's name was Samuel Clemens. Oh, because it was I, his pen name? Yeah. yeah. Um, we're, we're, I'm, I'm avoiding the douche shots being down here, which mm. people don't know what that means. Nope. Yeah. There was someone who put their email as their name, and I'm not going to read your email, but hopefully C. Paul is enough uh, for you to know who you are. And DNVR Cub, Denver Cub? Denver Cub. Are you Cub in Denver? Mm. Or does DNVR stand for something else that I don't know? Who knows? Uh, thank you to all our Patreon members. If you want, if any of this so far has made you eager to hear more of us, then go to patreon.com slash podcast. <laughs> Do it. Do you want to talk about gay leagues? Let's talk about gay leagues. Yo, Stossel. Yo, Stossel. S- suggest this. If you are a gap bridger after the first three months, you get to meet with us and we'll decide an episode topic together. And um, I think gay leagues, one of the things we want to talk about is you know, how have they changed over time and are they necessary and who belongs in them? I think these are all things we want to explore as we talk about this. Yep, absolutely. And are they necessary? Are they good or bad? Mm-hmm. Uh, why aren't neither of uh, why aren't either of us in one? Yeah. Let's talk about that first. What do you, how, do you, how do you feel about gay sports, Kyle? I mean, there's some homophobic jokes in there already. Like, <laughs> those are two conflicting ideas. an oxymoron. Uh, but I joined, I actually joined a um, volleyball league briefly. Um, you did not. Yeah, yeah, Trevor and I did that for a little bit. Wow. Okay. Um, back after I broke up with one of my exes. Was it Jay-Z? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was like, was that one? Anyway, I don't care. It, uh, it was like, I don't have friends. Like, how do I make friends? How do I meet people? And so, like... Uh, Tra- oh, that's when you got real needy. Yes. Okay. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> but it was it then, or I think it might have been a different time, actually. But anyway... We, we were friends. We were hanging out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we that. were. But I was like, I also, like, uh, spent so much time with him. I It was, like, my first real big relationship, and I yeah. kind of got lost in it and forgot that I need to have a separate life. And so when we broke up, I was like, what do I do? So I, I, it was not a gay thing that I joined. I joined one for normal people oh. <laughs> um, and oh. and did that for a little bit. I thought I'd meet people that way. Didn't really. Yeah. Um but I was like just trying to put myself out. I, I, we met and like hung out with like a couple of dudes a, a couple times. But I don't know. It's one of those things like it's uh, that my I would want to do, but my anxiety goes up so high. But that's kind of the point as a way to like have things to do, meet people, you know. And a gay league would be a, a better avenue to try to do that. Yeah. What about you? Uh, I I mean I I definitely have I I've never done it before. First, I'll just I'll just start with that. And uh, but I have considered it several times and in a like maybe that's a way to meet people kind of way. I have lots of friends that are in gay sports, especially gay dodgeball. Yeah, Um, because there's all kinds of leagues in Seattle. We're going to talk about that more, um, you know, in in, as we get into the episode. But it just seems like a really great way to meet people. They're all friends doing a thing and they see each other with regularity and there's camaraderie and it's, it's, it's not just getting fucked up at the bar, but like, but that seems to be part of it, (laughs) but then that's also part of it. That's where I was going with this. Is that like, I just, I'm, I, I would, I would be even more of an alcoholic if I was a (laughs) member of any of those gay sports leagues because they all practice and then they go to the bar and then they have their game and then they go to the bar and you don't have to, there's obviously like, they're adults and can decide but i i'm 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 a little afraid of what it would do to my liver yeah i mean 
so many of them that I looked at, like I looked at a bunch of just, you know, whether it was local or national like organizations and the sponsors are always some kind of like nightclub or, or, you know, gay venue, some kind of alcohol, probably some kind of lube, (laughs) like, you know, all of those tend to be like the sponsors. So I also, one of my fears is that gays are already kind of judgy and and clicky, but that it would be extra clicky. Mm that they have a team of people that they always oh yeah you know it's it's these same people and that any new person would be really difficult to like break in and become friends with that's i don't you know i've never done it so that's all just my my own fears and anxieties about entering into a new you know group uh but that i just worry about them being extra clicky well and like uh gay softball anyway in seattle don't at me everybody i don't really know how it works but there's like uh there's different levels of like goodness of teams mm. and, or, you have, and you have to try out and you get a letter grade and that's like, how, Oh my God, how good you are and which kind of team you're allowed to join. Can I just assign myself an F and move on with it? Like, do I like, well, I, and I forget if F is better than E or worse than E, but like, <laughs> I know that there's like D teams and E teams. And I, I think F teams is what we're doing right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, not F- playing F- softball, F- yeah. and there's a big long history of of gay softball in Seattle to to talk about. But I'm I'm going to talk to you about the history of gay sports leagues. So as near as I can tell, Kyle, we have Stonewall to thank hmm. because it's really the late '60s and early '70s that we start seeing stories of organized sports for homosexuals, and the very very earliest seems to be softball softball and and baseball teams really got um got got rolling got rolling first and it grows out of these these um actually actually let me back up all of this is about gay men lesbians have their whole like other history that i don't know that i can really speak to that well or nor should i maybe but um lesbians sort of co-opted straight softball hmm. so it was never it never became lesbian softball it's just softball became lesbian yeah you know yeah so, so co- co-opted sounds like a little judgy is it like they, they, they no, were no, always no. part of the the that like that the softball was always a little bit lesbian yeah like league of their own has uh you mm. know th- is based on the actual real women's ball leagues in world war ii and uh, there's there's a whole saga about a couple of players that you know were, were in a relationship and there's more or less I think a tendency for straight women to be okay with gay women than mm. straight men are with gay men. Mm. So so anyway, just talking about just just gay men. Uh, oh, the uh, the ladies. There were the, the first softball league specifically to ladies was the Haveners in Toronto. Um, uh, they had uh, the the ladies softball league in the 1960s, so they got started even a little bit earlier. And then there's Big Apple softball in New York that's been around since 1977. Anyway, the Greater Los Angeles Softball Association says that gay softball started in the late 60s and 70s. There were gay teams that started forming in various cities around the country, and they were trying to play in the normal leagues that had already been set up by straight dudes in those cities. And then they encountered understandably difficulties in 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 playing with these these straight teams because sports are i mean we didn't mention sports are all kind of homophobic already like that we have so many people that are out but like in sports it's kind of this 
desert wasteland of people not coming out. So there, there's that makes sense to me that there is that in trying to play sports that you would try to play sports on the regular leagues that already exist. And then you're like, fuck, maybe not. Maybe I won't do this. Yep. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. So uh, in 1977, a San Francisco business owner invited New York City to send a team to San Francisco. It was a big, let's do a gay bar cross-promotional bi-coastal thing. And uh, so the Badlands team, which was the Community Softball League of San Francisco's gay gay men, uh, and they played against a team that was made up of various New York gay teams, like an all-star team. The the New York Badlands, the Eagles, the Nest, and the Nickel were all bars that chose players and put together a like team and and, and sent them out. And that was the Big Apple League in 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 New York. So uh, San Francisco won, and uh, they Go San Francisco, and then decided that, to call that the first gay softball World Series. <laughs> And uh, that that has stuck. So um, as far as like national gay competitive league based sports are concerned, that seems to be like the granddaddy of them all in 1977. Hmm. Other 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 sports got on the on the on the train pretty quickly, though, like the the International Gay Rugby Association started in the early 80s. Hot. The International Gay Bowling Organization also got started uh, fairly early. Oh yeah, yeah. International Gay Rugby um, um, started forming in the 1980s, but didn't actually officially start until 1995. The International Gay Bowling Organization started in 1980, and they claim to be the largest LGBTQIA plus sports association anywhere. Hmm. Apparently, faggots love bowling, Kyle. Oh, why? That's why is it? Because it doesn't take that much athleticism. <laughs> I guess um, not. Yo told told us that like sometimes if you didn't want to out yourself, someone would ask the International Gay. Is that what it, International Gay Bowling Organization is? That IGBO? Yep. So someone would say, I go bowling often instead of outing themselves, (laughs) which I think is both very funny and very depressing that you might choose to do that instead of outing yourself. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Yeah, I I agree. I love it. I, I love me a secret code. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. And, and they've had an, uh, a annual tournament since 1981. Do you like bowling? I like to bowl. My ex-wife and I bowled in uh, a league for a, a while. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's where my fears of like becoming an alcoholic are because mm. we would go we would go on like Tuesday or Wednesday night or whatever it was out to the West Seattle Bowl and I would just get fucked up playing bowling. Did your game get better or worse as you drank? It's the the curve is better like drinks one, two, and three yeah. get better and better and better, and yeah. then it's diminishing returns after that. Just just like podcasting. Just like podcasting. Yeah. Yep. My first couple drinks, I'm like loose, I'm ready, I'm excited, I have ideas, and then it goes downhill. Um, I hate bowling. You hate I it. think it is the most uncomfortable thing to do with a group of people. Because after you bowl, you turn around, and no matter what you did, whether you missed and fucked up real bad or got a strike, when you turn around, what do you do? My so this is like the social anxiety, the discomfort of what do I do with my face? Do I walk by and talk to me? Do do we just all pretend like that didn't happen? That is the most uncomfortable walk, barring the walk home I did from my neighbors. Okay, so... Next time, just decide after every ball, you're going to turn around, grab your dick, and flip them off with the other hand. <laughs> just and every then time. say, game's on, bitches! <laughs> Even if you guttered, yeah, still. Yeah. 
Like, <laughs> that would be fucking hilarious if I gutterballed it, turned around, flipped everyone off, <laughs> and said, fuck you, I'm winning, and then sat down and pretended like nothing, like chugged a beer and then sat down like nothing happened. I'm playing golf rules, you, yeah. you Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm on a whole nother level, and that level is a very low score. Oh, God. Um, Yeah. So, moving on. Moving on, sure. Moving forward. There is a sort of, I have mixed feelings about this, Kyle, and I'm interested in your feedback. The gay softball culture in San Francisco went through a whole period in the early to mid-70s where they were playing against the San Francisco Police Department in, in in an annual game. That's interesting. So it got big enough that in 1975, in the slow pitch softball exhibition between the police all stars and the pendulum pirates, uh, more than 5,000 people turned out to Margaret Haywood Field, which is just a few blocks from City Hall. This was the third annual charity game between the San Francisco Police Department and the championship team from the gay community. And it was a, uh, apparently, even though there were already huge problems with between the police and gay people, this is just on the heels of Stonewall, which was mm. 1969. It was sort of a, I don't know, let's... Let's build a bridge. Let's look yeah. past our differences or, 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 or whatever. But um, Diane Feinstein, now Senator Feinstein, apparently was, was at, at this game. But what really made that fall apart, it was like building and building and building to be this huge-ass thing, was when Harvey Milk got shot, gay people rioted, and then the police broke it off and they said, we can't play baseball with rioters. And oh. they, they put a stop to what had been this sort of fellowship and goodwill olive branch thing that the gay community was doing that feels like when your shitty boyfriend breaks up with you and you're like no no i break up with you no you're not allowed to break up with me because i break up with you like that feels like the same kind of thing yep the, the cops uh, in 1979 the cops uh, said quote there's no way i play against those guys after what happened uh, that was the consensus among cops who were asked if they'd appear this year in what had become an annual event so <laughs> we started playing with firefighters instead. So oh, we, we, good call, <laughs> fellas. We made the right choice. I do wonder, like, in playing, I understand that kind of wanting to normal, like, by by doing recreational a recreational thing like that together, then you are like, hey, we are regular people that just, we can, we they'll see us hanging out just being regular dudes too, and, like, that could help. But I also would... I don't know anything about this, obviously, gayish. Um, but I, I would imagine that benefiting gay white men mostly. Like sure. I would, like that's that. I would imagine that being the bridge you could build because black people and people of color still have particularly hard time with cops. So like, I, I would think it'd be the gay white men that would be like, no, 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 I'm normal. Like, treat me better. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, and I totally agree. And there's a also a um, an interesting story that I only kind of looked into. <laughs> Uh, gayish mm -hmm. uh, of there was a bowling league a gay bowling league that was trying to get started in uh, Cincinnati Ohio in the late 70s and they got kicked out of a bunch of bowling alleys they didn't mm -hmm. ask permission they just rolled in there and had their gay ass bowling tournaments mm -hmm. and uh, so they they finally found a uh, a bowling alley that would accept a queer league, and in nineteen it was nineteen eighty, and it was Mergards, which was a black owned bowling alley in Walnut Hills. Mm. So, like people of color were they understand differences and they understand you know um, uh, 
the struggle and and like getting kicked out for your identity and yeah so at least at that time in this place there there was a like hey let's help each other out kind of a thing yeah. happening yeah and we forget that all the time that like people of color like were such a huge part of so many important parts of queer history and yeah. it's been whitewashed yeah um, or then as white people in that group start earning more rights then they're like yeah, but do we care about you anymore? Yeah. Like they just start getting rights and then kind of run run away instead of helping everyone else. Yep, yep. Um, okay, so 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 the Gay Olympics. We have to talk about the Gay Olympics. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I did, I did, I know a little bit. I I did read a little bit about this, and it's boy, you know it's gay because there's some drama. Yeah, there's some there's, there's definitely some drama. So LGBT focused leagues and events we got enough different sports going on organized enough and enough cities participating from afar that uh, we, we started putting together the gay Olympics. So it started in San Francisco in 1982. It was an Olympic decathlete named Tom Waddle and uh, a, another, another uh, person named Brenda Young and uh, other, other people, but they wanted to make the gay version of the Olympics, right? They, uh, they had, a flame that was lit at the opening ceremony. Um, <laughs> the flamer was just a dude standing like and wiggling around. Yep, I'm a flame. Oh god, and uh, that it, that it would happen every four years, just like the Olympics would. There, yeah, there's a bunch of drama there, but but the 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 part that I really want to touch on is just that then the IOC, the International Olympic Committee, sued them hmm. and said, "You cannot call yourself the Olympics. We are the Olympics. N- no." <laughs> And that lawsuit was filed less than three weeks before the first Gay Olympics in 1982. Oh, wow. And so volunteers had to stop selling buttons and T-shirts so that they could remove Olympics or Olympic or Olympiad from their medals, souvenirs, T-shirts, signs, programs. It, it was estimated to cost the organization between fifteen and $30,000. Wow. I'm just imagining like the news getting like the, the one gay that was in charge of the buttons and someone telling them and him being like... Reprint the buttons. I can't reprint the buttons. I already got all the buttons. Yeah. The button's already done. It's a done deal. We can't redo the buttons. Like I just, I just picture button guy freaking the fuck out. Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. Just Hel- having a gay hissy fit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hell hath no fury like an inconvenienced twink. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, not my joke, but I don't remember where it came from. Uh, let's see. So, so the the IOC sued under the U.S. Amateur Sports Act of 1978, which gave the USOC, the United States Olympic Committee, exclusive rights to the word Olympic in the United States. Hmm. And in, in our defense, we, we tried to say that, you know, you didn't sue the Special Olympics. You mm. didn't sue the California Police Olympics. You're just choosing us because it's gay. Yeah. But that, that went all the way up to the Supreme Court. And Damn. Yeah, the, the, the Supreme Court ruled for the USOC in San Francisco Arts and Athletics Incorporated versus the United States Olympic Committee. So now it's just the gay games. Mm-hmm which it's the gay Olympics. Like they, yeah, they, yeah. it's every four years. There's a fuck ton of different, you know, a- events that people can participate in. The, the original, the original set was uh, basketball, billiards, bowling, boxing, cycling, golf, the marathon physique, which you know, that was fun. Oh. Powerlifting, soccer, softball, swimming, swimming and diving, tennis, track and field, volleyball and wrestling. And uh, just like the real Olympics, you know, events have been added and removed since then. And I read, I actually did look on the Olympics site and they do claim that some of their policies 
have then been adopted by other sports organizations, including the Olympics for things like the trans inclusion policy or, mm. or other things. So they do kind of claim that some of the things they are doing are leading the way for, uh, for the Olympics to follow. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. One of the big like giant middle finger fuck yous uh, <laughs> happened in 1994 when the gay games in New York city, uh, uh, m- m- uh, overtook the real Olympics in size. Oh. There were there were ten thousand eight hundred and sixty four athletes at that gay games, uh, and the real Olympics uh, only had nine thousand and some change, uh, or ten thousand and, and some change at the nineteen ninety six Atlanta Olympics. I think. I Did think... you read? There was okay. There was other drama too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the, the schism between them and the Canadian one, and like the are they going to merge back together or not? Now there's yeah. outsports and gay games. You know more. Say something. Oh yeah, no, no yeah. Like um, Montreal uh, was like supposed to host it, and then they got in a fight with the the gay games over like certain like uh, policies or guarantees of attendance or something like that. And so they were like, okay, we're not doing it in Montreal this year, yeah. and they were like we are <laughs> yeah yeah and then that started the schism between these groups that then both continued on yeah and that yeah that's why I have to, so you can you basically oh i forgot to talk about nagay what's nagay the north american gay amateur athletic alliance nagay <laughs> <laughs> uh if you wanted to join like gay dodgeball or gay you know bowling gay whatever um, that's a, that's a, a national organization that has, has has really done a lot of organizing work in that department. And but uh, Nagay um, <laughs> softball is is uh, sort of their their bread and butter. Um, should I tell you about some Gata? Let's hit some Gata, Kyle. Save me from this historical morass. <laughs> wow. Um, more ass. More ass. <laughs> so there was one study that I found that was about people's view both in sports and out of sports, of gay people. So Great. the study is called The Recreational Sport Participation Attitudes Towards Lesbian and Gay Men, an Exploratory Study of Participation, Religion, Socioeconomic Status, and Sexual Identity. That By, was just a bunch of nouns. Like, this, was, he, this guy had, to, had like a title word count he needed to hit, and he got there. Austin R. Anderson, uh, published in the Recreational Sports Journal in 2017. Um, so part of this is studying all of these various aspects of people that whether they play sports their religion all of those nouns that i mentioned and see how they feel about gay gay men and lesbians again yeah, like, it's just lesbian atheists win right is that <laughs> they, what what do they win everything what do they win whatever time? they put their minds to <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lesbian atheists can do anything they want um to my body um the, there is i like didn't know this and it's one of those annoying things that like in the academic world, you need something to help measure how people feel about gay people and lesbians and other people. Like again, like it's so laser focused. All studies tend to be focused on those two groups. And so not, not just a ruler. Then it's like some other way of measuring some other way of measuring other than a ruler. Um, there is something called the attitudes towards lesbian and gay men scale or attitudes towards lesbians, ATL, attitudes towards gay men, ATG. Like this is a thing that was created and studies use and or adopt um, uh, to fit their their study. And it's this list of questions that you rank on a scale, maybe one to five, one to seven of how strongly you believe. And so it's one of those things that I hate that exists. And also you need that. Yeah. And I like yeah. tried to find it. I looked up like some of the questions, you know, rate, you know, rate on the scale of how much you believe it. Lesbians just can't fit into our society. 
You have to rate that belief. On yeah. a scale of what to what? Uh, it depends on the person on the person doing the thing. But let's say on a scale of one to seven, how much do you believe that? Like, yeah. isn't that um, another one that I wrote down? The idea of a, of male homosexual marriages seems ridiculous to me. Like, we have you have to do the, just this. The entire concept of this is just oh, it's it feels so icky to me Cringy, that it yeah. exists. Yeah, um, it's one of those things that's like. We don't straight pride. We don't need straight pride because no one's ever done a research study <laughs> to see if people are accepting of straights. Like yeah, there, yeah. that doesn't. There is no attitudes towards straight people. Cert thing that needs to exist. So we yeah. can study if people think that lesbians are okay. You yeah, know, like yeah, you yeah, don't yeah. need that because that's not a belief. Yeah. Re- reverse racism isn't real, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. You, totally. Like people can have racist ideas about white people, but like capital R racism is a white people thing. Yes. There is no <laughs> systemic work against working against white people or straight people. Um, anyway, so that's how they measured how people feel about it. Yeah. Um, here are the results. This was university students, like, like maybe 450 or something university students that they looked at. Great. Recreational sports participants mm-hmm. as compared to non recreational sports participants what would you think the differences in their attitudes towards gay and lesbian people okay so recreational sports participants i assume are straight gym bros that are afraid of and hate gay people that's yeah 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 yeah. that that was my assumption too and like i said like we do see in sports sports tend to be a more homophobic area as viewed by the fact that less and less like less people come out there Despite all all odds against it, <laughs> despite the locker room, the, the outfits, the cute coordinated outfits, like all of that, they they did not find any statistical difference in the attitudes of these two groups, huh. which was surprising to me. <laughs> Everyone sucks equally. Everyone fucking hates us, but on the same level. No, I didn't. It didn't say the level, but like that that I was surprised by that because I had the same expectation. Hmm. I wonder if there's some kind of it did find there was a small number of gay people that participated in these recreational sports leagues. I wonder if part of it is it's being canceled out by when you play on a league with someone else. Now I get to know them and that normalizes their identity a little bit. I wonder if that yeah. helped e- helps even some of this out. Yeah, maybe. We know the importance of 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 exposure. Yeah. Like visibility. Yep. Yep, showing your dick. Off. I, that <laughs> literally in my mind, all I could picture was someone flashing their dick the way you were saying that. But um, so there are a small number of gay, openly uh, gay men and lesbians participating in recreational sports leagues. And one of the findings, one of the like implications that the study discussed. So this is you know starts to get into their opinion or interpretation of these findings. It said, given this participation, the level of homophobia that may exist when the environment itself should be of concern to recreational managers. Okay. Which I didn't, but that's, that's something that sounds nice at first. Like, oh, given our participation, we should worry about the homophobia. You should worry about it no matter what. Mm-hmm. It, you should not mm-hmm. have to have gay people in participation to be concerned that homo, about homophobic attitudes. Okay. And in fact, if you don't see anyone that's out in a group, you should be maybe even more worried about homophobic attitudes because someone there's gay. Like, yeah. So look around someone's gay so like they are probably just not coming out because like they they can't because everyone's being so homophobic so i didn't really like that finding republicans aren't nazis but the nazis sure think they are yeah yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> another household income was not a factor in how people viewed gays that surprises which, like, me too uh, what would you think 
that money is a function of education and therefore exposure to other ideas and acceptance of people who are different than you. Which other studies I think have shown that. So that was a a different kind of thing, uh, result. The last thing is that this research suggests, and I'll just read the quote because I don't want to get in trouble. The research study suggests, quote, higher levels of heterosexism when recreational sports participants identify with particular religious affiliations. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which, uh, surprise, people that are religious, a little more homophobic, like, because their religion teaches them to be, not surprising to me. Yep, absolutely. That's the Gata. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, what was the most surprising to you? Um, man, that that um, that the findings were very readable and digestible. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, it wasn't a super long study, so I could read a decent amount of it. That surprised me. Sometimes you like this thirty-page PDF. Like, oh boy, am I doing this? But this one was like a, a it was like a fifteen with like a couple pages of uh, bibliography, so that didn't count. It was it was doable. Wow. Yeah, just like me, very doable. Yeah, scientists do better. No, 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 no. Oh. Keep it at that. Uh, like, keep it at tight four pages or something. Oh, that would be great for me. I, th- sorry, that's 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 what I'm saying. Scientists uh, do this more. Yes, yes. Scientists <laughs> keep it tight. Keep it tight. Keep, keep it, it right. Keep it tight. Keep it right with your studies <laughs> all night. <laughs> What's up, Mike? <laughs> oh God. Uh, okay. How's so, this going? <laughs> I think it's fine. Okay, great. We can blame Yo. Yeah, Yo. <laughs> okay. I'm going to talk to you about the Seattle Gay Softball World Series of 2008 and the drama. Okay. Okay. So this is all coming from The Stranger, which is our local alternative newspaper in Seattle, Mm -hmm. from an April of 2011 uh, article. And uh, so basically the Gay Softball World Series was in Seattle and Nearly 200 gay softball teams from all across the United States and Canada came to 200 town. 200 teams? Yeah. That's a fuck ton. Yeah. Yeah. This shit is popular. <laughs> we are like not part of this, but it is huge. Yeah. So for the Seattle World Series, the San Francisco Gay Softball Association, which is one of the oldest clubs uh, in, in the country, sent a team called D2. And they'd been together for a while, but the best that they'd ever done was place fourth. And so the coach, LaRon Charles, decided that in order to win, they would need to push themselves, quote, harder than we ever had. So then the night before the championship game, uh, there were there were rumors that started swirling around. And the, the, accus- the accusation was D2 has too many straight guys. Hmm. So people were pissed. Like, this is gay softball. And the rumors started picking up that D2 had whatever too many meant i mean i would argue one but like whatever (laughs) whatever too many meant uh they had too many so uh, i talked about nagay earlier Mm -hmm. the north american gay amateur athletic alliance and um it 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 put on the gay softball world series uh, and and started it but they had a uh, early on they said that straight people weren't allowed on the field at all period wow and they had um backed off on that in 1993 um Nagay commissioner roy <laughs> milani said quote now that we have advocates in the straight community and family members whether it be sons or parents who want to play we need to change the rule hmm. so they changed the rule so that two straight players per team were allowed during the gay softball world series. 
so and i'm assuming we're using straight as like a proxy for like non-lgbt which is usually how like non-cishet non or cishet people well this is one of those things of like this is a little over 10 years ago that this article was written i don't know oh that we were paying attention to that kind of thing Mm. at that at that time like like straight and gay seemed more like less blurry than it does now yeah 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 you know there is some more on that here, oh, okay. here in, in just a little bit. So first, part of what I want to come out of this conversation is this idea of whether gay leagues are necessary, mm-hmm. important, useful, etc. And this guy, Milani, Mul- uh, the, the coach of the Portland team, said currently, so currently would be 2010, Quote, the amount of slurs and the amount of abuse that we take in Portland, Oregon is amazing. Last year, we arrived to play against another team, a straight team, and the umpire says, oh, here come the crossdressers. Mm. On the field, opposing players called out, faggot, you throw like a girl. And he said with a smile, meanwhile, we beat the shit out of these guys. Damn, ultimate flex. Um, he went on. There was one time a few years ago where we split a doubleheader with a straight team. They were ready to take baseball bats and come to blows because we were gay. Mind you, my team was not out there hugging and kissing everybody. That was not what we were doing. We were playing softball and we were beating them. And that was a problem for them. Mm. It's like if if you're upset because your your masculinity is threatened because you're losing to a gay person, you got an easy insult that you can lob out there. Yep, absolutely. And and like men are kind of terrible that way, right? Yeah, like yeah. like there's a lot of toxic masculinity masculinity that says to to lose, to not crush your opponents is an affront to your masculinity. Yep. Even more so if it's somebody who sucks dick. Yep, exactly. Right? Yeah. Um they think they are better than anyone who takes a dick. Like that's they should be anyone who takes dick like that's their view so back to the world series in the seattle world series in 2008 because of these accusations they brought in three players from that team and subjected them to questioning before a tribunal the to figure out how gay they were yes they they alleged that they were asked about their sexuality in an attempt to determine whether they uh, uh, should be disqualified or count towards the maximum number of straight people allowed under the rules. They didn't just trust, like, state your identity and we will trust that. We, they had to question them? Correct. Wow. I wonder, oh my God, that would be like a hotbed of, like, stereotypes that we could use for this show. We could do episodes on all of their questions, I bet. Like, because what things do you ask them about to, like, figure out if they're really gay or how gay they are if they pass the gay test yep well the, the the tribunal apparently was held in a small conference room inside a complex at the park one by one their teammates were brought before a panel composed of leaders in the national gay softball association uh, accounts differ what happened but apparently more than 25 people were crowded into the small hearing room and it felt like a circus and then uh, according to one of the plaintiffs people inside the hearing room were texting private information to people outside while questioning was Whoa. taking place uh, when I came out of the hearing room, people I didn't even know were making comments about my marriage and other things we said in the hearing. He is married to a woman. But then, this is super interesting to me, uh, one of the people that was accused identifies as bisexual. Right. That's what I was thinking. Like, you can be married to a woman and still be LGBT. Yeah. Someone on the protest committee read me Nagay's definition of <laughs> heterosexual, and I was asked whether it defined me, and I said yes. 
Then someone read me the definition of homosexual, and I was asked whether that definition defined me, and I said yes to that question, too. <laughs> Bisexuals. It, like, yeah. yeah. Be, because it was about conduct, I right? Mean, it yeah. was about, like, do you, do you, do you fuck ladies? Do yeah. you fuck dudes? Yeah. And, like, and that's as far as they got. Hmm. And so, like, bisexual people would have to answer yes to both questions. What do you do with that? Yeah. There were also a bunch of accusations of racism. Like um, uh, uh, all three of these men uh, that that got part of this circus were men of color, and uh, he, uh, one of them, said uh, that one of the people in the tribunal said, "quote This is the gay world series, not the bisexual world series." Whoa, God! <laughs> they took multiple votes, and on the fi- quote on the final vote, I was voted to be not gay. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. I guess if you're bisexual, yeah. I mean, maybe, yeah. But that sucks. That this this wow. Yep. This is not a bright spot in our history. <laughs> Another player just refused to answer any of the questions. Good. I didn't want them getting into my personal business. Yeah. Uh, he was also ruled not gay. <laughs> <laughs> And then uh, another player who was not a plaintiff in the lawsuit was questioned by the tr- tribunal and refused to answer. He was ruled gay, <laughs> and uh, uh, he was white. Oh <laughs> fuck! Yeah, uh, all but one of the protest committee members were white. In any anyway, so so drama, drama, drama. There's 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 more 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 drama here, but it went uh, all the way up to U.S. District Court. And uh, the question that they're asking is whether the Gay Softball World Series counts as a public accommodation. Hmm. You cannot discriminate, especially in the state of Washington, against people on the basis of race or sexual orientation in a public accommodation, Hmm. like selling cake. Um, (laughs) And um, it's just fascinating to me, this idea of like, we need to have a straight witch hunt. Yeah. Over baseball. Yeah. Or softball. And the idea that like saying like, no, this is gay, not the bisexual. Like gay is also has been used as an umbrella term to mean all LGBT people in the past as well. So like, come on now. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. It's super interesting. Yeah. Anyway. uh, Yeah. Apparently we can be pretty terrible to each other. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. uh, That being said, I kind of get it. Like, that's a horrible implementation of what I think I support. Hmm. Which is? Straight guys have other shit to do. Hmm. There should be, like, there should, like, there's got to be a better way to do it. Like, maybe just ask people, hey, how do you identify? And a, a cap on cishet dudes, I I think is okay. Like, hmm. I think it's still needed. Hmm. And, like... I don't know. I I don't know. Um, can I tell you just things I read about a couple like current leagues? Yeah. Okay. That, because I th- I think that that was one of the things I was really interested in is what do they say about who is part of this? Um, so the Sin City Classic, which we had a friend actually participate in, um, a multi-day multi-sport festival that calls itself quote largest annual LGBTQ plus sporting event in the world. Which yeah. That seems weird given the gay games or anything i don't know but that's what they say um they work with 20 leagues they're a nonprofit organization yeah i've known several people that have been really yeah um that one actually i didn't write down what they say about they don't, maybe they didn't say anything about um like who participates so i don't know why I, I, that just was a big one um the, there's stonewall sports which is a national mainly on the east coast but nonprofit that is a collection of eight different sports and they put on their site we welcome everyone okay um, the implement the 
implied implication implication jesus fucking christ Great. the implication being including straight people um the there is the north american gay amateur athletic alliance okay. <laughs> for softball they say everyone uh regardless of age sexual orientation or preference um although on their website they do say that it, this organization is qu- quote comprised of men and women like and then they keep talking so mm-hmm. like maybe they just haven't updated their language to be more non-binary inclusive that that struck me in particular but it seems like a decent number of um like out loud sports they said we welcome um they said they call themselves the nation's original queer plus recreational sports league and they said they welcome lgbtqia plus and allied athletes like a lot of people uh, the Pride Sports USA said they includes al- include allies. Like, uh, you know, I, I don't, there are so many of these that obviously I only looked at these handful of, it seemed like big national organizations, but so many of them went out of their way to include allies in yeah. this. That seems to be what what I've seen in the all the places that I looked. Yeah. I we're, we're 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 going we're going through um speaking of the fraternity god I didn't expect that to come up twice in the same episode. <laughs> uh right now the fraternity Sigma Phi Epsilon uh, we're one of the largest fraternities in in the country and there are uh there're well over a thousand of us who are gay who belong to this secret Facebook group and uh right now some of us are trying to f- like formally organize as a entity with within the fraternity we're gonna we're gonna like take the chicago society uh, which is the name of the 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 or bromos is the other name for the group and nice. and 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 get a formal structure going and elect officers and raise money and do some cool shit and one of the questions we're wrestling with right now is whether to involve allies and in what way to yeah. involve allies because some of it is like if we're just going to invite allies then how's that different than the fraternity right <laughs> In, yeah. in in general um but it is di- it is different and you know it you know like it, it is different having an lgbt plus ally space okay. versus just a space for like so so then the, the other side of that coin though is then what about the safety to just be gay with gay people right mm-hmm. like when we get when we get the gay fraternity brothers around and then a straight one even who's an ally shows up the conversation changes yeah. the tone changes people's attitudes we we butch up and we talk about dicks and butts less and like you know we go out of our way to like not touch each other and you know <laughs> you know, yeah and yeah. Is, is there still utility is there still a justifiable utility in saying no fucking straight people stay over there we're gonna be over here we can do ally stuff later thank you for your support but fucking go away i okay the one thing that i makes me compelled to say ally like it's important to include allies Mm -hmm. is you may not be out and calling yourself an ally may be a way to be involved in a safe way and and explore it this has come up too absolutely yeah i think that's super useful if in order to join you have to out yourself or maybe like you may not you may not even be out to yourself and you don't know why you're compelled to join this group but uh, yeah or maybe you're just a super passionate ally or like there's also, I mean, I think also compelling that one I think is the most compelling, but like they mentioned, you mentioned in in your story, like there's parents, there's like, what if you're married to someone who's bisexual, but you're straight, like, you know, there's, I think there are a lot of people that like your, your brother, what if your brothers want to join? Because like, 
gay issues are really important to them because they're your brothers. Like, yeah. uh, there are a lot of people for which I think gay issues are really important to them in spite of not being one. So, but back to my brothers, if they're down to go to Diesel and look at dicks on the TV screens, that's that's great. Yeah. But we're not going to tone down the gayness because you're around yeah but there's some people that can't they don't have the confidence to do that and maybe this helps build maybe this would be a good place to help build that confidence like is it their is it the straight people's fault that you all are changing your tone and attitude i mean it's understandable that you would be given like you know are just living or in a straight world and having to do that but like i don't know should they be responsible for the way you change because of them? It's like it's like straight people in gay bars, right? Yeah, it's it's, it's a different version of the same conversation. Yeah, you've justified queer spaces before as a yeah. necessary thing. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah, but I I I think another part of it then is like, what do you have to do? People have to write their identity. It, like at a, at a gay bar, it's one of those things. Like unless, I want to see your straight card. <laughs> yeah, show me your dick. <laughs> <laughs> um, unless you're at a gay bar, like unless you're causing a ruckus show me your underwear anyone if, sh- if they're what tidy whities yeah you not. have to go <laughs> um yeah if you're not wearing a jock strap <laughs> you're not invited um unless you're causing a ruckus like you're you don't walk up to people and ask their identity assume they belong like mm. regardless of what they look like or who they are like hey you look kind of straight well it's like you can't just that ask people why they're white yeah, yeah exactly yeah yeah so what like i don't know yeah i so i think that it should be um okay for allies to join and uh, all of that like i think is less compelling than just the idea of closeted people or questioning people exist and and it's helpful for them yeah um another question so one of the uh, when i was looking at organizations i did look specifically at at seattle just because this is where i live and i don't know fuck off um there were multiple leagues uh, like for multiple sports there were two bowling leagues there were two dodgeball leagues there yeah. were two kickball leagues there were two volleyball leagues so like we have enough that we have multiple options of like it, it has gotten like i was i mean i i was i was so surprised at how big this thing is like yeah. I, wow we have enough that we have multiple bowling leagues that we yeah. can um there were some organizations that were nonprofit and some weren't so that might be something to like look at to see like the, the idea of corporations both kind of a corporatized group running this and on out loud sports, which again says out loud, out loud says, says they're the nation's original queer rec sports league. Um, They on their homepage is this video of like a a bunch of the gays that are in the sports league sitting around at McDonald's Mm. and you play it and it is an ad for McDonald's with them. Yeah, I don't like that. I, I did. I didn't. And then part of me is like, get that money. You know, like yeah, yeah. we should get like <laughs> we we do this shit. We ha- sell ads. You know, we do this. So like, um, and all, that's also like cash podcast at gmail dot com. You want <laughs> you, us to schlep your shit for you? Like, <laughs> give us money and we'll promote anything. <laughs> we have low standards on men and corporate sponsors. Yep. Um, and uh, like, but on the homepage, that was a lot. And yeah. I don't know. So like corporation what should the involvement of corporations be in these organizations if any what should the role be in in straight sports right like every fucking nascar has budweiser on the side of it like just to sell straight people more beer because they like vroom vroom yeah that's (laughs) straight like beer (laughs) um i cargo crash me drink beer beer. life good (laughs) 
I, yeah, I think the arguments that I've been hearing around corporations in pride is partially like everyone says like, well, we need the money to fund this. And also other people, the counterpoint is like, you can walk down the street for free. Like right, yeah. you can go bowling, not for free, but like you can go bowling. You can play on a, a like you can play softball. Like mm-hmm. you do you, what money, like, do you need money? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Yeah. I don't know, but you're right. Like straight things have corporate sponsors. So like, and it pays for things like the uniforms and like traveling to fucking Las Vegas for the Sin City Classic and for like, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, maybe the bar tab. No, I didn't. <laughs> and like, I, that's another thing, like consideration, I think, is if they're like, I, I'm guessing a lot of these places like have dues or yeah, like there's fees that are associated with it. And so I hope that given our rates, uh, like, you know, we tend to and in particular trans people tend to have less secure employment um like as a group or maybe more likely to be homeless maybe more likely to be lower income because of the hardships we face like i hope there's some kind of like scholarship policy available or something so like if someone has is low income or or out of work or homeless or whatever can still join these leagues and be a part of it like i would hope that that there would be particular attention paid to the most vulnerable of the groups yeah yeah that would be nice i I doubt it's true (laughs) pride sports usa i just wrote they have a bad website so they i think <laughs> but they're um they are sponsored by clubs bars they have a, a, a drag race competition which the the fact that they had a bad website and a drag race competition i was like this is run by case i actually yeah. think the, this is like a actual community organization that uh, that was my my guess i don't know but they have the gay kickball world series is what they do and and uh twenty five thousand uh plus players so there's that amateur drag competition for Seattle gay softball mm. that I've been to before where each team has one of them is a drag queen for a night and they see how much money they can raise. Oh, yeah, uh, yes. It would raise money for charities and stuff. That That's really cool. That, it's fucking great. That's how I feel like that kind of thing is how, you know, it is actually local, like giving to nonprofits and and like having some things that fit in with the community, like doing drag race, like or do or, or drag competitions or things like that. I yeah. feel like that's genuine to our like history and who we are and what matters to yep local leagues yep yeah okay so like i i don't think we answered any of these questions and i don't i don't think Gay-ish. i know but <laughs> are gay leagues necessary yes okay cool 100 <laughs> percent. why is that because i think okay first of all there's the one school of thought that we've become mainstream enough and until we mix together we won't be one big happy family i understand that that is a utopian future that is based on a reality that we do not currently live in. Yep. Yep. We are not there yet. Sorry. Yep. Agreed. Um, and yeah, maybe that's, maybe that's period. Yeah. I only <laughs> needed <statement>. one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I do think the idea that gay is mainstream enough that we don't need these is also like, we have a spectrum of acceptability depending on your identity and gay is amongst the most accepted these days still still isn't still have laws being passed against teaching people about gay things about gay books and stuff so like let's not pretend it's completely fine but you know then you have the other end of the spectrum we always mention the news trans non-binary queer especially youth are particularly under attack right now so like that's not something you could necessarily be comfortable especially in sports like knowing that having a safe place to go to do that 
is very valuable. Like, yep. so, so you have to think of the whole breadth of our community, not just gay white men and if they're comfortable doing it. Yeah. I also think when they are no longer necessary, they will go away on their own. Mm. Why are oh, you trying to rush that? Right? They're, like, they exist so they're necessary. Yes. It's proof in and of itself. Yes. Yeah. Like being a gay person, growing up in a straight society, being a gay person is an exercise in feeling like you don't belong. Yeah. And these things are successful because you feel like you belong. Yeah. If you also feel like you belong somewhere else, great. Go join a straight league, mm -hmm. a, a non a non queer league. Good for you. That's great. Yeah. But enough gay people want to be gay together, doing this thing, belonging to this thing. This thing exists. Yeah. I I also think that like sports are just such a weird thing. I, I mentioned they're particularly homophobic, especially at the national, like the the professional national ones, is where we don't have really a, that many out people. But sports in general are homophobic. And growing up, there's this weird conflict of I might want to play sports and it's homophobic and people assume that like the locker room, everyone assumes that gays love locker rooms, but the locker room we've talked it's about terrifying, is terrifying as a kid. And I don't, I didn't want to be in a locker room. I wanted a separate side. I didn't want to take a shower yeah. anywhere near anyone. Like yeah. I, they were terrifying. So like so much of sports, am I going to like, am, am I worse than the other dudes? Am I going to prove how non-masculine I am by doing this sport? Like I was, I was very bad at sports. Um, <laughs> and it's just this, uh, such a weird, unique, terrifying experience that to get to play with other LGBT people and feel included in this thing that you have never been included yep. in is like a kind of a, a magical thing. Yep. I wanted to read, actually, I wrote down, I, I sometimes, especially things like you, we don't know anything. We don't, we came into this not knowing much. So I wanted to write down someone who actually like is involved in rec leagues. I, I found an out sports article. Boy, we should try to do this every episode. Kyle, I, find somebody oh, who does know what they're talking I try, about. <laughs> I try to bring quotes of like, I, I, you know, explain why a person who is, you know, that identity or that thing. Um, so apparently um, ESPN, there is an out, um, I don't know, sports talker, uh, commentator, a, a, a sports onlooker that uh, like, I don't know. Um, Izzy, a sportsologist. A sports, a, a sports, famed sportsologist, Izzy Gutierrez, who works for ESPN. He's on Around the Horn. No idea what the fuck that is. Um, said, quote, if you have trouble finding competitive sports base that you feel safe in, and then I'm abridging it. If you go to your local LGBTQ sports league and find a team of whatever sport you want to compete in, I highly encourage it. So there was like a shout out on a big ESPN show about LGBTQ leagues and an endorsement of it there. Alex Ramirez, the writer of this article, said that in 2016, they were adrift without a gay community or, or and didn't have much of a social identity. So here's the kind of what they said about rec leagues. Seven years later, I know exactly who I am as a gay man, and the great friends I've met on the field are a big reason why. I didn't only find a space where I felt comfortable playing football, a game that terrified me as a kid. I found a family. Aww. So there's like a sense of it, it can be very much as like if you don't know how to plug into your gay community, your local gay community. We get this question all the time, especially on mom's planning. Like I moved to a new city. What? How do I meet people? What do I do? Yeah. If you don't have a plug into the LGBT community, this is a good way one of the available avenues that you can kind of get an automatic hookup to groups and events and stuff going on yeah yeah so i think that's super useful like it's not just about 
sports for sports sports sake like the value like you can't you're not going to get your lgbt family from a straight sports like no matter how many gays are like this is an avenue to gay life yeah yeah for sure for sure so yeah i i will agree that i think gay leagues are necessary and valuable and i think you're right the fact that they exist prove that they are needed yeah did we do it yeah we did we did but yo let us know yeah yo this was your this was your doing. So let us know. We covered what you wanted to. God, there's so much drama involved in the history. I'm into that. Um, yeah. Should we take a break and play some baseball or something? Sports break. Sports break. Oh God, no. <laughs> Halftime. Halftime. <laughs> Two minute warning. Uh, <laughs> sports reference. This is the part where Mike and Kyle take a break. So are we back? No. Oh. <laughs> But I see where you're at. <laughs> Are we back? <laughs> no. Fine. Fine. Sit here quietly a little longer. We're back. We're back. Uh, we're going to do our gays straightest. <laughs> we're going to do our gays straightest. But first, Tree Fort. Tree Fort. Tomorrow. And tomorrow in Boise, Idaho. Start driving now. You might make it. <laughs> it's Friday. And listen to all of our back catalog on the road. It's going to be a fun, gay, gayish weekend for you. <laughs> it's going to take you so fucking long. <laughs> long time to get there. Yeah. Uh, it is Friday, March the 24th at 6 p.m. Mountain Time. You do not need a festival pass to attend. It is free and open to the public. And you can see the gay podcast that goes on right before us, too, Um, there because there are multiple gay podcasts. Sloppy Seconds with Meatball and Big Dipper. Yep. Um. Okay, I'll do it now. Local gay bar review. Ooh. I want to talk to you about Tantric, which mm. is a bar in Singapore. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So I did not know that I had the courage to go to a gay bar in Singapore. They just overturned their sodomy laws this year. Wow. Despite that fact, there's been a more or less permitted underground, not that underground, but there's there's a gay part of town that has bars, but like the the mental gymnastics of like it's okay to be gay, just don't fuck. Here's some booze. We're like <laughs> we're okay with it. like I, it's just weird to me that they would like tolerate a gay drinking establishment, knowing that they have to know. Yeah, they're getting fucked up and doing each other in the butt. <laughs> like, yeah. Right. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, sure. um, went to Tantric Singapore, met a fraternity brother there. Oh, cool. And um, he and Marcy and I went and and hung out at at at, at Tantric. And it was it was a weeknight. It was fairly early. The thing is, I bet that place is super duper fun. It just wasn't that night. Hmm. We were like the only people in there. Oh no! And it was adorable, but I just I can't give it more than three dildos because hmm. that was my experience. Yep, yep. yep. So um, I'm gonna say three dildos, but I have higher hopes that if I were there like on a Friday night, yeah, when there were other people there, it would probably be really fun. Yeah, it was kind of a classy like classic place like they had these like overstuffed chairs and stuff like that um, um it's really nice i i would hang out and drink there except singapore is fucking expensive man <laughs> um but yeah that's yeah, yeah tantric three tantric. dildos tantric uh our uh, contacts oh yeah our website is gayishpodcast.com we are on um our communities are mostly on the facebook group the discord and spaces so join us there you can find all our contact stuff at gayishpodcast.com slash contact our hotline you can send us text messages or leave us voicemails is 5855-GAYISH that's 585-542-9474 standard rate supply leave us a voicemail if 
if you want to. Um, our Especially if it's for mom. Mom's planning. We need some questions. Oh, yeah. Send in some questions. Um, our email is gayishpodcast at gmail.com. And our physical mailing address to which our birthday presents should be sent is <laughs> Post Office Box 19882, Seattle, Washington, 98109. My birthday is right around our podcast birthday, too. Yeah, but... Don't try to double dip, Kyle. That's like I'm. Tr- I'm trying. The, I'm th- I hear we are like those people. Those people whose birthdays are on Christmas. Like I understand your life is hard, but you're getting one thing. Mm. Um, uh, gay straightest. Yeah, gay straightest. Okay, I'm gonna look and see while you're while I'm not listening to you say yours. <laughs> I'm gonna find uh, listeners. Okay, perfect. Um, my gayest is um in preparing for our travel this weekend i went to the store and one of the things i bought were little pink frosted cookies and there's some things like i just think little pink cookies are something that straight dudes would question whether no matter they are fucking delicious everyone's been eating them but like i still think straight people would even in today's modern era of acceptance like i still think they would be like am i gonna get am i gonna be in the checkout with little pink cookies i don't know so (laughs) that was my gayest uh and wonderful thing about being gay is i get to buy little pink cookies and not worry about it uh my straightest is this weekend anytime we do this i feel very schlubby i just i like other people actually like get dressed and wear cute clothes like a human adult might do and i'm just in sweatpants the whole time yeah yeah because i want to be yeah and i get to yeah and i am yeah what about you? Well, the straightest thing about me this week is exactly what you just said. I have not showered or changed my clothes since Thursday. <laughs> and it is Saturday now, everybody. I am going to shower after this. I, that is a goal. <laughs> I, I, I even, like, I've now two nights in a row gotten fucked up and slept in my clothes. So I've, like, not even taken them off at all. This is just your weekend uniform. Yep. They probably would stand up by themselves. Now. <laughs> oh, cool. Uh, and then the gayest thing about me this week was uh, getting hammered last night and uh, putting a safety pin through my piercing. Yeah, it it worked. It went through. You had, how long had it been since like you pierced? Ten years. Wow. Easy. Uh, like since I even tried. I, like I stopped wearing an earring uh, when I started working for the fraternity. So I was twenty two. I'm forty four now. Like I, I haven't regularly worn an earring for twenty years, mm-hmm. more than twenty years. And uh, I have a couple of times over the years, like done a huh. I wonder if something would still go through there. Yeah. Um, but I haven't done that in a long ass time. Um, that my straightest is yelling at you to challenge you like <laughs> but then my gayest is i yelled put it in stick it through there put it in <laughs> and then you said find a lighter if you're you were like because i was yeah. worried about the germs you're like like use a lighter and just then, use a lighter and, and burn then, off the germs and then was like just soak it in fireball i was like oh my <laughs> god no. and if we don't have a lighter you can just turn on the stove uh, just run it through there jesus christ <laughs> Uh, listeners, gaze, listeners, gaze, the straightest. This comes to us from our Discord server. This is Dustmite, straightest, raking my backyard and sweeping my patios. Mm-hmm. Gayest, listening to Britney, Beyonce, Doja, and Nikki while doing nice. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's always like something gay going on in my headphones. Like you, it doesn't matter what I'm doing or how straight it appears. It's like there's gay things happening between my ears. Yeah, I and, love that. My ears, my legs, my legs, my crack, my back, whatever. Um. Thank you to Yost Tussle for requesting this episode. Yeah. We really appreciate it. And Thanks, yo. hope you like it. And um, thank you to the dude that invented the high five that you told me about on the Patreon segment. Oh, yeah. That boy gay. Spunk me. Yeah. Um, and thank you to the following Gap Bridgers, So I guess can also spunk me. Andrew Bugby, Christopher M. John Carly, Stephen Porch, Yost Tussle. Hey, this is, that's the same guy. Um, Hi, guy. Hey, Harry Shaw, Josh Gothel, and Jonathan Montanis, Forrest Nail, Patrick Martin, James Barrow, Steve Douglas, Explosive Lasagna, Michael Covington, Just Jamie, Kevin Henderson, Thomas B, Timothy Sora, Dusty Sands, A. Coleman, Chris Catchatorians, and Jerome York. Thank Th- you. 
Thank you. That's it. This has been Gayish from the Chris Cacciatorian Studios, sort of. I'm Mike Johnson. I'm Kyle Getz. Until next week, be butch, be fabulous, be you. Bye. Sports. It's a homer. Ha ha he he ha ha ho.